Welcome to the Cool Tools Show. I'm Mark Frauenfelder, Editor-in-Chief of Cool Tools, a website of tool recommendations written by our readers. You can find us at cool-tools.org. I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Kelly, founder of Cool Tools. Hey, Kevin. Hey, it's great to be here. In each episode of the Cool Tools Show, Kevin and I talk to a guest about some of his or her favorite uncommon and uncommonly good tools they think others should know about. Our guest this week is Doug North. Doug is a maker best known for his mechanical wooden sculptures. He spent five years running an antique clock restoration business. These days, he enjoys outdoor bushcraft activities. He's the founder of Whizbang Projects, an online source for inspiring vintage project plans. Hey, Doug, welcome to the Cool Tools Show. Hey, thank you very much. I'm so glad to have you. Yeah, we're so delighted that you're joining us, and we can't wait to hear of the cool tools you have in store for us. I'm a, I'm a tool addict, so I'm looking forward to it. Great. Cool. So, so Doug, yeah, um, you have uh, done writing for me, uh, Make Magazine. I really mm-hmm. love your projects, uh, uh, created really cool, like wooden automata, stuff like that. So uh, I'm sure you're going to have some cool tools. The first one is a, is a Leatherman uh, tool, one that I have not actually heard of. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, sure. So, you know, recently uh, with the pandemic and whatnot, uh, I've been spending a lot of time outside and getting really into sort of bushcraft activities. Um, you know, things where you, you learn how to use the, the resources around you to make things or make things easier, uh, sort of, you know, camping on the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the surge is a you know a leatherman product that they've really done right in a couple of fundamental ways. Um, I don't know if you've ever used one of the originals, but uh, using the pliers was you know could be kind of a painful experience if mm-hmm. you really you know bear down on the handle. Yes. So yes. these are these are nice and thick. When you open up the the handle, they've got these big rounded. Um, edges that are, are quite comfortable, even if you squeeze really hard, um, which, um, you know, overall, I should mention that the Surge is kind of a, it's, it's kind of the big brother of a lot of the models that I think most people are more familiar with. Um, how, how big, when you say big, is it physically big? Is it like hefty, weighs a pound or, or, or what do you mean by big? Yeah, it's, it's just a little oversized compared to the others. Uh, the length measures in at four and a half inches. So it's probably a little too much for most people in terms of something they put in their pocket. But, uh, you know, it comes with a little belt sheath. Um, if you're committed, you can put it in a pocket. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a, a little bit bigger than I think a, a lot of people would be comfortable with. Okay. So it's a little bit bigger than pocket size. And it's, again, it's a Leatherman. And for those who don't know, it's, it's a tool that folds up into kind of um, a, um, a block of metal, basically, um, that you unfold in many different ways, including the pliers and scissors. And, and this one has, it's kind of like a Swiss Army knife in the sense of it has all kinds of blades and things on it. Exactly. And this, this one takes that aspect to a whole nother level because you can modify it. Uh-huh. So, so not only are the fundamental tools just done well, which is to say, um, four of the tools can be accessed without opening up the pliers. Um, so typically you have to, on a Leatherman, you have to open up everything to get to the tools within. That's fine, except if you have to do open it frequently, it gets a little tedious. So this has four tools on the outside, so you don't need to open up the pliers to get to them. Um, and all of the tools on it 
lock so that they can't close on your fingers or, or anything like that. So, you know, just in terms of like the basics, they've done really well. Um, and what are, uh, give us some examples of these tools. I say the tools that you don't have to open for or the tools that are inside. Right. Could you yeah. rattle them off? Sure, sure. So I think the way the the Leatherman, you know, sort of comes, mine's been hot, highly modified. So, um, but the, the tools that typically that you wouldn't have to open it for to, to access would be the uh, nice pair of scissors, a plain knife blade, a serrated knife blade, and depending on what you've put in a certain special spot, um, a wood saw or a uh, file slash diamond sharpener. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So these are these would be the kind of the standard things, and then but the idea that this is sort of more of a of a system that is going to allow you to modify or rearrange um, these peripherals or these. Um, tools and so that you can customize it yourself just so and it and it does that in two ways um first the the easy way but but very innovative they've got one of those tools on the outside is a it's really a tool holder that can accept any uh jigsaw blade with a t-shank base this means you can put you can go on to you know Amazon, go to the hardware store and find any T-shaped based, uh, T-shanked based uh, jigsaw blade, and that can go into your Leatherman. So this could be a metal cutting blade, a wood cutting blade, uh, a carbide uh, grit blade, if you wanted to, you know, uh, try to saw through tile. Um, it could be, you know, anything that's out there, or if you're feeling industrious, um, as I was, you you can shape your own tool to that shape and insert it into this holder. Hmm, okay. So, what did you do with your um, remodel, your your custom surge? Yeah. So, I it was a tough call because one of the default ones that comes in it is um, a a file on one side and a diamond sharpener on the other, and this is very clever because this means that the knife can sharpen itself that that's really a cool idea um but i i decided uh i know other ways to sharpen it so i basically found a spade bit the, a self-feeding spade bit basically for a drill a drill a power drill or a drill press and i modified the shank of that to fit within the t-holder so that I now have access to something that can bore very large holes, um, even though it's a very small tool. And you bore it by rotating with by hand. Yes, though I wouldn't mm -hmm. do it. I don't do it very much with it in the tool. Uh, typically, what I do is find a crooked branch and then make my own sort of base brace and bit. Uh, it, you know, it takes about 10 minutes, but it turns it into a very effective boring tool in just a couple minutes. Well, okay, cool. And so the surge is $130-ish. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty massive thing with, you know, a dozen or more right. um, parts. Actually, it's 20 or more um, yep. pieces yep. to it. So, um, um, that's really cool. Okay. Yeah. And, and you, you'll need a little carrier for it. It's, it's you, you will. The, yeah. the one last thing I should say about it is it's, it's the tools are held in by rivets, uh, not rivets. I'm sorry. 
uh, the last thing torques. I should say about it is, yeah, there, it's a special bit. It's like a Torx, but it has a little, uh, little bump or nubbin in the middle. So you'll need two of those bits. But once you have those, you can model, you can make your own bits, uh, your own blades to put into the actual tool. And I've done that as well. Um, I've, I've made a modified file and I've also stacked three uh, hacksaw blades um, mm-hmm. for, for one section. Hmm. Cool. That's really cool. Okay, great. That's, that's a cool tool system. It um, is. I didn't know about the Leatherman Surge. Well, thanks. Okay, so what's um uh, what's another um one on your um on your list? All right. Well, s- slightly less glamorous, but um, still useful, is a a small shovel, uh, for camping, hiking, bushcrafting, keeping in the trunk of your car, that kind of thing. Um, the one that that I have and love is made by a company called Cold Steel. And um, allegedly, it is it was designed for you know the Russian special forces uh, because you know it could be used for entrenching, I suppose. But uh, sort of the unique feature about it is that it has three sharpened edges along the the edges of of the shovel blade, so it could also be used in, in some sort of military fashion. Mm-hmm. You mean you could cut somebody with it? You like you absolutely could. <laughs> not not only that, but it's 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 top heavy, so you can throw it. Uh, oh, now I've only done it twice, just to you know see if I could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it indeed it it indeed does work that way. But that's not my primary interest mm-hmm. in the tool. Well, it's actually not a bad idea to actually uh, properly use a shovel or prepare a shovel. It is sharpened. Mm. People don't realize that you actually would like to have a sharpened shovel digging into the earth. And so um, the fact that this is sort of a sharp blade is, is a good thing, even for its uses as a shovel. Does is is it's made out of metal? Then it's not like a collapsible, foldable thing. It's right. It's, it's not really backpackable, I guess. No, it? not not not. Well, yes and no. It, it 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 is rigid. It has a hickory handle and a non-folding steel um, blade, or uh, that is held to that handle with two Phillips head screws. So uh, you know, so that handle can be replaced. In, uh, in the field, it could, you could make a long handle for it in the field. Um, and it measures in at, at, a, at just about 20 inches. So that's not excessive for, say, strapping to the outside uh, of even a fairly small backpack. Yeah. Uh, but it's probably closer for like car camping or vehicle camping or something like that. Yeah, it depends on how long you're going to be out there and and how yeah, seriously yeah. you're taking things. Because what what I found is that this absolutely can take the uh, take the place of a hatchet. So you know, for for the for less weight than a hatchet, I get a hatchet and a shovel, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I found a few other uses for it. Um, that so it sort of just serves more purposes than than any one of those tools. Okay. And it's pretty inexpensive too. I'm looking, it's $32. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's from it $25, $30. Um, the, it, that's without a sheath. And of mm-hmm. course I'd, mm-hmm. I think I'd recommend the sheath. Um, but uh, yeah, it is inexpensive. Uh, I'd say beware of knockoffs. Um, mm-hmm. There are better and worse versions of this out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. I like the idea of calling it kind of like a hatchet shovel. Um, yeah. Yeah. To, um, is that 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 is a dual purpose is is sort of interesting. Um, okay, 
So um, uh, tell us about your third um, cool tool. All right. So uh, th- th- you might see a trend here. I like things that can do more than one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, you're, when you're camping or, or doing bushcraft, uh, spending any time in the outdoors, one of the you know, core things that most people have with them is some kind of rope, twine, cordage, something along those lines. A very popular one for, for good reason uh, is 550 paracord, you know, the cords that are used mm-hmm. on parachutes. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that's so popular is, um, you know, it, it's very strong. You know, it's allegedly able to hold up 550 pounds, uh, but it can also be taken apart uh, because there are seven strands inside. And then the sheath that's holding all those strands together can also be used independently. So depending on the situation, you could use the full cord or you could use the sheath or you could sort of take it apart mm. and use the inner strands. Mm-hmm. This company called Titan has taken this idea to another level by putting very specialized uh, inner strands inside of their paracord. You say special, you mean to make it stronger? Well, it does have that effect. So their paracord ends up being able to uh, hold 620 pounds as opposed to the typical 550. But the, the special strands are monofilament fishing line. Uh, brass, thin gauge brass wire, they call it snare wire. And finally, a waxed jute cord, which is waterproof uh, fire tinder, fire starting tinder. Oh, okay. So I see where this is going. So you're carrying paracord, which you can use as paracord, tie things down, but you get stuck, you can make a fishing line out of it or a snare. Yeah, exactly. Fishing line, a snare, uh, the wire could be used for some, you know, light electrical repair. Um, you know, the, uh, there are medical uses for the, um, for the fishing line. So, so basically you're, you're without even, you know, realizing it, you're, you're carrying, you know, some three extra, very useful things Mm -hmm. along with your rope. Wow. That is cool. Huh? Yeah, they're they're wake they they have another model out now that I have not tried that substitutes the brass wire for a Kevlar line, so it's extremely strong. Uh, but but I don't have personal experience with that yet. Right, making it probably hard to cut. So this is called Survivor Cord, um, mm-hmm. or that's their branding of it. Right. Um, and you, it comes in some minimal amount. I don't know, hundred yeah, feet, whatever, yeah. fifty feet, hundred feet. I, yeah. I, I, that's what I've seen for yeah. you know about thirty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a that's a really cool idea. I like that. Um, yeah, and paracord is you know very fairly lightweight and mm-hmm. universal, just in useful in backpacking, putting up tents, drapes, sure, uh, tarps, sure. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, if you're industrious, you could you could make a, a woven bracelet out of this, and you'd have this you know sort of multi-purpose survival item, just you know looking nice on your wrist. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, um, that's another cool one. So tell us about um, your fourth uh, suggestion right now today. Sure, this is by a company that I just love uh, called Wazoo. And they sort of have this niche of um, survival gear, if I could call it that, uh, but in sort of uh, everyday clothing and in sort of very small micro format. 
And one of the products I just love is called their cash cap. So this is a baseball cap that looks like any other. And uh, what, what makes it special is that it has six pockets uh, within the bill and the crown of the hat. That's cool. So they're pockets, basically. Yeah, yeah right. So there's More three uh-huh. There's three pockets on the bill. Um, two are on the outer edges, and those are really designed for um, – for a product that they sell, though it doesn't have to be, uh, a small folding ceramic knife and a mm-hmm. ferrocium rod so that you can uh, start a fire. Uh-huh. And then there's a larger uh, Velcro pocket on the bill uh, in which I have a slightly larger folding knife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you want to hear my, you know, they sell things to put in these hats if you want, but I made up my own kits. Um, I, I'd love to tell you what I put in mine. Yeah, okay, please, please do. All right. So there's the, cr- the crown has three pockets. One is right in the front where your forehead is. Uh, inside of that one, I've placed um, a special kind of Ziploc bag uh, called Whirlpack that's design- designed to stand up straight when you fill it up with a liquid. And along with that bag, I've put in uh, three water purification tablets. So if you're out and you get lost and you're suspicious about the quality of the water, um, you know, you can get really sick. So I, with this baseball hat that looks like any other, I'm always prepared. Uh, in one of the side pockets, I have two, two, pa- two side pockets in the crown of the hat. In one of them, I have some tin foil, a little, you know, uh, LED pinch flashlight and a small length of uh, folded up gorilla tape which is essentially duct tape Mm -hmm. so this is you know i could see in the dark i can you know uh, make a little platform for a fire or make a small cup um, and i can repair things including myself uh, with this duct tape that is really cool (laughs) and this is all fitting inside a baseball hat yeah yeah it's just it's just the best (laughs) Um, the last little pouch i've got uh, two commercially made uh, waterproof fire tinder um, mm-hmm. bundles, um, two safety pins, a bandaid, and then a little packet of antibiotic ointment. Hmm. So all of that, you know, I've got a sort of a very minimal first aid kit and, um, something to start a fire with, uh, even if it's pouring rain. Um, so, and all of this fits in a baseball hat and, and, and this could be anything, you know, if you're a runner, this could be your, you know, your keys and your ID and the $20 you want to carry. Or, um, if you're traveling, it could be a little, you know, little stash for, um, you know, for safety's sake, um, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, or, uh, you know, as we know, uh, women are um, not given the pockets that they deserve in a lot of their clothing. So uh, this could be a small remedy, right, uh, right. you know, for, for that situation. Yeah, exactly. There was also uh, a, a for a time there was a movement among the ultralight backpackers, minimalists, of uh, people who try to travel uh, only with what they were wearing. Mm-hmm. They were, and so they, they solved this problem by having a lot of pockets, <laughs> yes. um, and some of them were a little too many pockets. But this would fit right into that category of stuff that you were wearing and not um, putting on your back. Right, right. It's, I mean, they, there's a sort of a, an axiom in the um, bushcraft community and 
and maybe the survival community. I'm not as interested in that, but it applies to both. And that is, you know, this stuff is only useful if you have it with you. Right. And um, I wear a baseball hat outside no matter what. So this is really easy for me to have with me. Yeah, that's that's the point. It's like your best camera is the one you carry with you, which is why we use our phones. So yep. if you have your survival gear and your baseball hat, you're a step forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, okay, cool. Huh. So that's called the Wazoo Cash and Cash, not like C H S H, but C A C H E. Yes. Uh, cash is uh, yeah. hiding out something that's holding it for you. Right. They they make another version that has a Velcro um, f- a Velcro area on the very front of the hat, uh, so you could put a patch on it. And of course, they sell a patch that has additional storage in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Should you should you want to go that direction? Right. And it's also for do it yourselfers, kind of an inspiring thing. You could certainly modify your favorite baseball hat with. Mm-hmm. Pockets mm-hmm. and Velcro, mm-hmm. yeah, which would be a cool idea. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so well, thank you for those. Um, My pleasure. Yeah, tell us a little bit about um, uh, Whizbang. Whizbang, yes, yeah. Yeah. great name, by the way. Hey, thanks. It, it it took a while to come up with that. I was, I, I don't even want to mention my my failed names. <laughs> uh, so. As as Mark knows, I, I've got this long-standing fascination with mechanical things and and projects from the past. You know the kind of stuff you'd find in like you know a 1920s copy of Popular Mechanics or something mm, like that. Like the, the, the old boys. Um, yes. Uh, what do you call that? Um, the boys handy book. Yeah, boys handy book. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I uh, just love that stuff. And, uh-huh. and I, I think other people do too, but upon, you know, when you read some of those, um, they're, they're pretty scant on, you know, detail. And sometimes they include, you know, um, they include materials that we simply can't get anymore or would be, or would be unwise to get. Um, and so I thought, wouldn't it be nice to make these things available and then find a way to sort of translate them for, for a new age mm-hmm. and perhaps give people, you know, the level of, of support and detail that they need in order to complete these things. So I feel like I'm the kind of person who can read one of these and, and probably figure out, you know, how to, how to make something, but, but other people I think might look at it and, and say, well, where are the step-by-step instructions? And, and and get a little bogged down, and so right, right, right. So the idea of Whizbang is to offer these vintage plans um, in various categories that sort of provides more or less um, in the way of instructions and help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I I, I I know what you mean. How scant these um, are. Sometimes they're just merely a sketch, and they also assume lots of things of knowledge that maybe boys had at that time that boys don't have today. Yes. Yes, indeed. And, and, and as, and as you're pointing out, you know, they're assuming boys too. So yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so I think there's a, there's a lot of potential here for fun projects and, you know, you should be able mm. to do it even if you can't find barrel staves or, um, <laughs> you know, if you can't go to the local druggist and get cyanide, like it, it, it shouldn't stop you from being able to make something nifty uh, with your hands 
um, and maybe, you know, learn a little bit about history and science along the way. I also think that a lot of those things in the project books, the people never really even made them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I, you, you do have to wonder. I mean, uh, I, I'm thinking of a, of a popular mechanics one in which you could use a motorcycle engine to make your own airplane. <laughs> yeah, highly it's a, suspect. It's about three pages worth of instructions. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just like a someone came up with a cool idea, and Popular Science of Popular Mechanic had amazingly great staff illustrators who yeah, can make oh, yeah. anything look mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, their imaginations ran wild. But right. I don't, do not think that they had a test lab where they actually <laughs> put those things together. <laughs> no, no. And I mean, it's uh, quite quite the industrious lad that would make his own airplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of the things we learned at Make Magazine was we would get these plans from people and we would recreate everything in a workshop just to make sure. Mm-hmm. And we would occasionally come across things where people would describe something that included an electronic component that just did not have the capability to do what they said it would do. You know, like Mm -hmm. the the logic was missing from it and it was just like they thought of it, but they never even made it. And so we were were really careful about that kind of stuff. Right. 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 Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, The kind of recipe uh, checking. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And that's, by the way, you know, I, I, I cannot say enough about the kind of the world of the YouTube, but that's definitely what YouTube has been a cure for is where you, you have people who, um, you know, show their work, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, there may be people faking it on YouTube, but they're even <laughs> so hard to fake that's better that there's not much faking and people are either doing it and failing or not. And people mm-hmm. learn as much from the failures as the successes. Right. Definitely. So I see you have a YouTube channel as well, where you have sort of um, uh, automatons and uh, little, Mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't know what the general term for those are, um, mechanical, well, I guess automatons maybe is the term. Yeah, they're a contemporary form, you know, so so unlike the old ones, the, the very old ones, which were, you know, clockwork driven. Mm-hmm. With, with, you know, metal springs. Um, I've jumped on to the more contemporary version, which usually involves a, a hand crank that, right. that turns the mechanism and then animates a little scene on top. Cool. That's really cool. Very, very nice. Yeah. yeah. And in, in sort of more recent uh, months and weeks, I've been trying my hand at more video editing and mm-hmm. doing some outdoor projects mm-hmm. that um, I, I try to show the steps in a sort of, uh, quick and f- entertaining way. Cool, very nice. So we'll we'll uh, include links there to to those. Wonderful. We really enjoyed your suggestions here, um, and I, I liked your kind of dual use uh, approach to things. Um, that's always a high way to leverage um, your tools. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was really fun talking with you, Doug. Uh, Likewise. Hey, everybody. It's your co-host, Mark. And I wanted to let you know that we have a lot more going on here in Cool Tools than just this podcast. We have our flagship website where we review a new tool every day. That's at cool-tools.org. We also have four different newsletters. We have this podcast. We have a YouTube channel where we review tools. And if you like what you hear and see and read... 
the best way to help us out is by going to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash cooltools and donate at any level you wish. You can even contribute $1 a month, and, and that would mean a lot to us. The money that you give us will go towards paying for our transcribing costs, editing videos, and editing the podcast. It goes towards paying contributors who write the reviews for us. It goes towards our equipment costs, our hosting costs, and it supports our very small company of three people. This week, I wanted to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters who have been giving us at least $2 a month. And if you give us $2 a month, we'll give you a shout out online. And this week, I would like to thank Michael Sakochia, Molly Starr, M. Velderman, Opposable Thumbs, Pamela Cooley, Patrick Weyer, Paul Hosey, Randy Fisher, Stuart Burroughs Brand, Synaptic Sam, Therese Schwartz, Tom Hawkins, Tom Markham, What Bear, Javier Pangolin, David Lang, Eric Byers, Sean Hartley, Stephen Powell, Greg Lichtscheidt, John Hobson, Adam Bristol, Adam Naher, Anonymous, Bill Kempthorne, Bruce I. Niles, Chris Woodruff, C. Kolos, Daryl Flynn, Egg Fliegoff, Eric Hanschrau, Eric Hoover, Godfrey Saldana, Jay Skiles, John M. Larson, Jude Galligan, Kenneth Gilman, and Lucas Frank. Thank you very much for supporting the show, and we will see you next week.